Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you've been waiting a long time for this one. Well, we're back. It's 8-Bit Suplex on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, we've had uh, some technical difficulties, some scheduling uh, issues here and there, um, but uh, with me, as always, we're able to work it out this week, which is good because it's been a busy, busy week of Impact Wrestling, and we do want to talk about a little bit of what we're looking forward to with video games this year, uh, but joining me, as always, uh, Miss Sandy Gaveria. Hey, Sandy, how are you? Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm good. I'm running on bang energy, and that's it right now. <laughs> Uh, so oh I, I, I started, uh, I, I went back to school and, and, and last semester, uh, and this semester has just started and my schedule is all over the place. Plus working full time, plus, oh you know, God. wife and kids, you know, whole nine yards, but you know, Hey, that that's what, crazy. that's what, Props <laughs> to you. well, thank you. Thank you. But you know, I'm not the only one having a busy week. You're getting uh, ready for a, a big, uh, big Saturday here. I am. It's my first match back since, you know, Corona hit and impacted, ev- not, <laughs> no pun intended, damn it, that impact word, um, since it affected all of us. So, oh my gosh, it's been a, I made my debut uh, almost a, a full year ago. So yeah, making my, my way back to the ring, doing a live show in front of a crowd, which would be exciting. We're being safe, but yep, getting that training in, making sure that I can, I can still go. <laughs> That's awesome. I plan on being there uh, in attendance. For the people yeah. that don't know about it, Sandy, uh, it's at Retro Rat, which is a um, a collectible store uh, in Clearwater, or is it Largo? What's the mailing address? I think it's Largo. Largo. But they're yeah, it's, much it's, the same thing, right? it's right there <laughs> on the border of Largo and Clearwater. Uh, here, if you're local in Florida, listening to this podcast, um, definitely, definitely come check it out. It is a uh, charity fundraiser, uh, if I understand it. Is that right, Sandy? Correct. So it's a free show. Donations are encouraged. So we're actually uh, raising funds to support the research of CTE, which is something that impacts <laughs> that word again. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> uh, wrestlers and football players and hockey players. So still lots of unknown about it. But we're just trying to raise some money to uh, for the research of it. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. Uh, I'm excited to to be there. Uh, of course, socially distanced and masked uh, as always. Um, uh, we're not out of it yet, folks. We're not there yet. We're getting there. Vaccines are rolling out. I know a few people that uh, have both sets of shots. Uh, things seem to be going good. So, uh, but still, until that point, continue to stay safe. With that said, Sandy, uh, I think we got to uh, start this thing off with uh, the most maybe anticipated impact pay-per-view in i don't know how long um oh since like bountiful glory i want to say well i mean like maybe like bountiful glory 2015 like i i I don't think there's been (laughs) as much buzz around an impact pay-per-view uh as this one and it is a, a pretty loaded card it was so i I was really looking forward to Did you get to see it live? I got to ask you a few questions first. <laughs> no, I did not see it live. Um, I, you know, my, my uh, addiction to uh, ice hockey uh, took over and I was actually uh, at, at, at hockey playing 
Um, and then when I got home, uh, I watched the first two hours of it and then the third hour Sunday morning. Um, it was, yeah, cause you know, by the time I got home and, you know, I, I just could, couldn't manage the three hours at that point, but, uh, I enjoyed, uh, just about every bit of it. I will say I did not catch the pre-show match between Josh Alexander and Brian Myers. Oh my gosh. Me either, but I actually meant to go back to watch. I completely forgot until you just mentioned it. Well, Josh Alexander, oh my God, I bet that was a fantastic match. I'm sure it was too. Um, And Josh Alexander, of course, now uh, without a tag team partner, which we'll get into uh, later on in this show. And not too much later on because it was a pretty early on uh, match uh, in the pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But yeah, I mean... Before we go and uh, break this thing down, uh, match by match, Sandy, what was kind of your overall thoughts here uh, on the show? So I was very excited. I actually got to see it live. Um, And my friends who, you know, we watch wrestling together. We have a couple of different group chats. So it's really cool. They they weren't watching Impact. Like typical wrestling fan, you know, you have your WWE, your AEW, you know, some New Japan here and there. But everyone was, for some time, we're just like, oh, Impact's still in it? Like, no (laughs) so now with all the buzz you know they were able to check out the podcast which i love them so much for that so we're over here talking in the group chat and they were watching live too and i was like yay and getting people more and more people tuning into impact which is so exciting like i mean any company any wrestler any any part of the business that's able to succeed without putting others down to me is what what it's all about you know if we can all succeed let's freaking do it so the fact that all these people that haven't watched Impact for many, many years, if not ever, and are now doing so. It's so exciting. Such an exciting time in wrestling for them. Yeah, no, I So agree. I absolutely love the show. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. It, it was a show that, you know, for a three-hour show, I thought it went pretty nicely. Uh, lots of really yeah. good wrestling. Um, there was a, a couple of surprises sprinkled in throughout the night. Um, and, of course, uh you know, the main event got changed. We don't know yet. I don't think Alex Shelley has made public the reasons why he was unable to participate in the main event. I assume it's COVID related as we always pretty much assume uh, at this point um, in in the world and what we're around when wrestlers just kind of don't show. Um, but, I, you know, I don't want to speculate there. He said he's going to talk about it at some point, and I believe that he will. Um, but Moose was selected to take the place and I'm not going to jump ahead, um, to the main event as much as I want to, because that match was absolutely (laughs) incredible. We're going to take this thing one by one here. Um, but, (laughs) but overall really, really awesome. Uh, but they, uh, the kickoff, uh, match here, not of the pre-show, but of the actual main card, uh, was the, uh, reuniting crazy Steve and Rosemary to, uh, reform their team decay taking on Caleb with a K and to Neil Dashwood. This match was a lot better than I expected. And dude, yes. I was watching this Sandy and I don't know if you had the same experience as me, but I was watching this going, did they just put face paint on other people and send them out there as crazy Steve and Rosemary? <laughs> That's because, exact. I honestly thought that for Rosemary. Yeah. <laughs> and she changed her hair a little bit, used different paint than she's been using. And man, they just they bring out the best in each other somehow. I, I don't really know what kind of brings that out. Uh, this is a much better yeah. Crazy Steve than we've been watching for the past few months. 
much better rosemary than we've been batching for the past few months. Um, and I thought it was a pretty damn good match. I was in shock. I was, it was such a fun match. I was watching it just like, uh, where the hell did these guys come from? Just like you said with Rosemary, I was like, that's, that's not Rosemary. She had different gear, different hair, different makeup. It was still her character, of course, but sure. she looked completely different. So did Crazy Steve. They were spot on, so energetic, crisp. And hey, I also got to give it to you, Caleb with a K, the man can go. So he doesn't, yeah. his little character is kind of doofy and it's just like, all right, you're, get out of here. But the, the man can go. So it was, it was really, it was really interesting too, because they had a story there. There was good storytelling between these two because they're such different, very dynamic teams. Sure. Um, so we see Crazy Steve, he executes this spinning top rope DDT finisher on Caleb after Rosemary green mist Caleb and after crazy Steve's green mist to Neil earlier on. So mm -hmm. <laughs> there was the, you know, the, the, the Japan green mist made a, made a return to United impact, but at, I love the way everything was executed. I love the story that they were telling there between, you know, a, a team like Tanil and Caleb with a K compared to a team like Decay, night and day opposites. Oh, so absolutely. it was really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Great really way to good start match. the show. Yeah. And like you said, Decay picks up the victory and it was, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily a clean victory, but it was a pin in the middle of the ring. Uh, one, two, three. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I like crazy Steve, like put on like, it looked like he put on 20 pounds of muscle. Like I, I just, I can't get over it. How different he looks and you know, it, but it's a good thing. I'm being positive here, Steve. Yeah. Steve, if you're listening, <laughs> keep it, keep it up. We love you guys now. It's okay. <laughs> but keep it up. Keep it up. Um, yeah, no, great opener. I thought it set the tone for the night. They brought a lot of energy. Um, and this next match kind of took some of that energy out a little bit because it's got a lot of old guys in it. Um, but we do have <laughs> Cousin Jake Rhino and Tommy Dreamer taking on the team and now recently named Violent by Design which is Diener, Eric Young, and Joe Doring. This, of course, was because it is uh, Tommy Dreamer. Now, he's, he has sent me a direct message on Twitter once. Um, and he, <laughs> didn't say this, he, went, he didn't say this in his message, but I, I can read between the lines. Um, any match that he's in in a pay-per-view, it's going to be old school rules. That's just the way it is. It gives him an excuse to not uh, have to take as many bumps. It gives him an excuse to swing a kendo stick. And uh, it gives the announce team an excuse to bring up ECW. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, especially with Rhino also uh, in yeah. the ring. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, I it was. It perfectly. Right, exactly. And you know what? I enjoyed every bit of this match until, of course, my friend Tommy brought out the thumbtacks. I hate thumbtacks. I've said it before oh, on no. this show. I'll, <laughs> I'll continue to say it anytime thumbtacks show up. I don't want them in a wrestling ring. It just looks, it just, I just don't, you know, I don't know. I don't want them. Being, I think being body slammed hurts enough without landing on thumbtacks. Maybe that's me. I don't know. But Sandy, if someone said that you were going to be in an old school rules match and they were going to be using thumbtacks, would you do it? We'll come back I, to you. On, we'll come back to you on that. You don't have to answer yeah. that. I, I don't want to. I don't want to book you into a corner. I don't want to book you into a corner, Sandy. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, Violent uh, by Design <clears throat> picks up the win. Um, I thought Joe Doring. Uh, this is the best that we've seen him look uh, in an Impact Wrestling ring, 
and he looks pretty intimidating. Uh, doesn't move uh, around maybe as much as he, he probably did uh, when he was younger, but uh, the the moves that he does are just, I mean, pretty devastating. Devastating. He's a huge guy. But you know what? For me, the big takeaway here is not a couple of things. So Diener, Cody Diener, with this alliance, with this new alliance with uh, Eric Young, it has done absolute wonders for him. He has 100% committed to this new character, and it's working so great. But you know what? I ultimately see this split between Cody Diener and Cousin Jake to be more beneficial for Cousin Jake. Yeah. I truly he is a star in the making. He has an amazing physique, an amazing mm-hmm. look. From the very little that we've seen him work, he seems very solid in the ring, like technically sound. He he can go. He's a big guy. You can see him being a future world champion. So I'm really excited for this year to be able to watch to see how he progresses um, in the storylines and how he has matches with other with many different people with, within Impact and maybe even with uh, some AEW characters as well. I think yeah. he can definitely be a top contender for the world title one day. I don't think you're wrong there. Uh, I mean, especially, you know, we are, this is Impact Wrestling, so I really think that there's a shot that um, really most of the people on the roster, at the Impact Championship doesn't feel unattainable for anyone on that roster. So I think that you can mm-hmm. see Jake uh, make a run at that. He was obviously in the Super X Cup, um, which, you know, unfortunately he got paired up with Davari for his first one. I didn't think that was a very good match. Uh, but his second match was much better um, when he wrestled Ace Austin. So um, really good match here. Um, a lot of fun. Cage match actually has this one rated higher than the opener. I'd probably put the opener a little bit more over this one if, if I was into, like, giving ratings and stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, to each their own. Um, but when one tag match isn't enough, you do two tag matches, Sandy, to start off the show. And when two tag matches isn't enough, you do a third, and it's the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Title Tournament Final Match. We're here. It's happening. I, how did you... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't ever say it like that. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> I got through it. I got through it. I'm okay. <laughs> you did it. You did it. So this was so we we've seen the tournament throughout. This is the inaugural inaugural. Oh, I can't say that. I'm foreign, so don't make fun of me if I can't get a word. <laughs> English is my second language, damn it. So yes, the knockouts tag team championships are making the return. We're crowning new champions tonight. I was very excited about this. I think you said that you from the get go that you wanted or that you saw um, Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles taking the win. It. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, and, and a lot of it has to do with Madison Rain on commentary throughout this whole thing. Um, mm. We've talked about it on the show. Josh Matthews and Madison Rain, God bless them. Uh, now not the commentary team. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, they like to kind of uh, foreshadow. And by foreshadow, I mean they kind of tell you what, exactly what's going to happen three weeks from now. Um, and so they both kind of said, oh, I think that, you know, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles are going to be the are got to be the favorites, right? I mean, they got to be the favorite. And this is a tournament, of course, that has, you know, Havoc and Nevaeh, who are a longtime team. You have Deanna, who's the Knockouts champion. She was in the tournament with Kimberly. You have Rosemary and Ty. You have all these teams that, in theory, should be 
uh, considered as just as high, but uh, they seem to be very high on them, um, and with good reason. Uh, I, I think they're a really fun team. I think they're both really good. Um, I think uh, the Fire and Flava uh, name and kind of look that they came out in, in Magic Gear and things like that, um, really, really awesome. And, and I think we're kind of burying the lead. Of course, uh, Fire and Flava does uh, wind up picking up the win over Havoc and Nevaeh. I thought this was pretty good. Um, I've been critical of Havoc and Nevaeh in the past. Um, not so here. I thought both teams did a pretty good job too, Sandy. They did fantastic. And you know what? This was very well executed. They gave them their time to to build up a story. And the big takeaway from me here is that Havoc looked like a huge, tremendous star and a giant powerhouse. Oh my gosh, she was in there just everything that she did was perfectly done. She was exactly where she needed to be. She's the bigger girl in the team, you know, Tasha Steeles and Kiera Hogan. They're small, they're short, they're slim, yeah. they're very small. But Havoc, you know, being the big girl, she did, it wasn't lazy. She did all the power moves. She was still running. Oh, my gosh. Just the way that she looked to me, she's, to me, she hasn't looked this good in a very long time. Right. So it was, it was a great match. That's probably the best uh, Havoc match that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, oh, she looks tremendous. For sure. For sure. Um, and then obviously a great moment with two of the greatest uh, knockouts to ever do it, uh, bringing out the championship belts uh, with Gail Kim and Madison Rain uh, coming out to the ring um, and handing them over, having a nice photo opportunity there. Obviously a lot of emotion for Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Um, I think this is probably about as good a time as any to talk about the fact that Madison Rain is no longer with impact wrestling we found that out over the weekend uh kind of sad um from an from an impact wrestling uh, watching perspective i was kind of wondering why they made the change to the new announced team which is of course uh matt striker and d'lo brown which who, who are fine by the way um it was just kind of like it just kind of came out of nowhere i'm like what is impact announcing that now and then later on the stuff you know madison rain's leaving and going on to do something else etc cetera, etc cetera. so um, you know, I, I, I'm sad to see Madison Rand and Josh Matthews off commentary. I enjoyed their commentary. I like Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown fine, but I don't know, the husband and wife tag team, uh, I thought that was kind of funny and kind of quirky. I thought it was fun too, but you know, a lot of people just hate. So I have a, a friend who's a huge pro wrestling fan and he just absolutely hates Josh Matthews' voice and his yeah. commentary. And that's been one of the reasons why he didn't watch Impact. I'm like, oh, come on. I'm sure you can overlook that. But he was like, no, I hate it. And so <laughs> I saw a lot of that hate online, too. And I'm like, yeah. I think they're fun. You know, I think they did a great job. But uh, the D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker commentary team, it's a very welcome change, especially for those fans that were kind of turned off by their the existing commentary team. So I think this will... I think it was the right choice, especially with all the new eyes and all the new attention uh, now on Impact. They have to move some things around, and I think one of the, the biggest changes is this commentary team, and I think that'll open up and get more people like, oh, okay, they made those changes. They're doing this with AEW. They're really trying to put their their foot down and say, hey, we're here. We're, you must watch us too. We're here in the game of this pro wrestling uh, right. weekly show or whatever you want to call it. And so I think Stryker, it was a good change. And Stryker is a guy, obviously, that's been around forever, right? 
Mm-hmm. So uh, he was the Lucha Underground uh, commentator, obviously. He's worked with MLW. He was his uh, WWE, ECW. So, I mean, he's he's a fine commentator. I don't know that I've heard D'Lo uh, on color, uh, but I thought D'Lo did fine. I, it, 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 I think they're going to oh. mesh some on commentary. Um, you know, they're going to be fine. I, and obviously, I mean, D'Lo Brown is D'Lo Brown. He's, he's charismatic and he's fun and he's, you know, lovable and, you know, Matt Stryker is Matt Stryker. I think it'll be fine. You know, at least with, uh, with Stryker, you'll get a lot of references to Nick Bockwinkle. And I think that anytime he mm-hmm. says Bockwinkle on TV, someone must hand him 10 bucks or something. Cause he says, he brings up Nick Bockwinkle a lot. Um, like I started <laughs> noticing, I was like, man, I get it. You like, you know, like I think it's one of those things <laughs> right. that Sandy, you and I both worked retail. Did you ever have a challenge put in place by your manager or supervisor of working in a word of the day into your sales pitch? Like you had I to use that. that. Okay. So in my department in computers, we had a, a thing where it was like, uh, every hour, uh, someone wins a soda from the manager. Right, he penny out a man. He penny out a soda, so <clears throat> you would have to carry around this like stress ball, and the person who had the stress ball was the one that won the soda when the time ran out. But you have to use the sales pitch within earshot of someone else using that word of the day, and like he'd come up with ridiculous words, like I, <laughs> like you had to use like chinchilla. You had to use, like I mean, like how do you use chinchilla when you're talking about computers, right? I feel like that's what Matt Stryker's doing with, with the Nick Bonkwinkle references. <laughs> he has a bet you know. with somebody or something. Oh, yeah, like he's funny. got some bet. Really you know, him and him and Scott Demore have some, you know, betting thing. Like, oh, you can't say Nick Bonkwinkle five times this broadcast. Oh, yeah, watch me. <laughs> you know? <Bet>. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, moving right along here, this was uh, probably the biggest surprise of the night. Um, and I... And, I have mixed feelings about this surprise, Sandy. So we have Ace Austin come out uh, to, to cut a promo. He, of course, is pissed that he, after winning the Super X Cup, isn't even on the card for Hard to Kill. He's saying, you know, how could you leave out your Super X Cup champion? I'm, you know, the best of the best, et cetera, et cetera. And actually, I should be a part of the three-way X Division title match, make it a four-way. And he calls out Scott Demore. And as we've seen time and time again with our buddy Scott Demore, when he comes out from the back to talk to you, it's not going the way that you want it to. And he announces <laughs> that he has he has a match for Ace Austin. And it's with someone who is, quote, always ready. Which, of course, means we get the debut in Impact of one Matt Cardona. I don't know How who... How shocked were you? Um... So I by the time I watched, I was spoiled on a couple of things. Oh. Notably, I was not spoiled on this because <laughs> because I don't think anybody cared. <laughs> and on no, but he's he's overshadowed. He's 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 debuting and making a surprise debut on an Impact pay per view that is Ethan Page's last night in Impact. Everyone knows it. Deanna Perrazzo and Tyre Valkyrie are having a match. Uh, there's a barbed wire massacre match, right? And then there was you a have, lot happening. And you have Kenny, and then you have Kenny Omega in the main event of the pay per view from another company, right? So yeah. all these things are happening, and then Matt's like, "Here I go," <laughs> you know. And I would I'm say here. this, <laughs> right? Exactly. I I don't know who that surprise was for. 
Um, we of course know that his, his wife, Chelsea green, uh, is a former knockout. Uh, but yeah. And, uh, I thought when I, when I watched it, I said, this isn't a one-off because he, after he wins the match by DQ because Madman Fulton gets involved. He then proceeds to clear out Ace Austin and Madman Fulton single-handedly. And as soon as he did that, I said, oh, Matt's sticking around. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be wrestling and impact for like the next foreseeable future. And it's, I, and I, it's basically because of Brian Myers is what I can come up with. But the whole time I was watching it, Sandy, especially when the, the breakdown started to happen, I was like, oh, here comes Brian Myers from the back to save his buddy. And that never happened. Matt Cardona stood tall in the center of the ring against two of Impact's like up and coming guys that they're trying to like build up and make them look like they're the next thing. What are you doing? Yeah. It was a head scratcher for me, Sandy. I'm not going to lie. No offense to Matt. I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> he looks like a million bucks. Uh, if a million bucks laid too long in a tanning bed. But oh. I, I had to say it. He's very orange. <laughs> he just is. Um, but, I mean, I just, I, I don't understand that. And then, yeah, well, I guess, you know, and, and this week's impact, we saw a little bit of a continuation of what's going to happen there. Um, but it seems like he's going to team up with, Josh Alexander for a match against Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Um, we'll see. Ace Austin, uh, Josh Alexander seems to be a feud that they're kind of pushing towards for Josh Alexander's first singles feud, um, which will be fine. I think it'll be good. But um, you got anything to say about Mac? Anything to add about Mac Cordona uh, before we move on? No, I'm happy for him, and I feel like <laughs> the way. <laughs> I feel like I always want to cheer. You know, we're a positive podcast. Damn it, Josh. I mean, if he gets the opportunity, I know. so be. You know? <laughs> I don't. I don't think that but, I was particularly uh, negative. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> you were. You were on that line, on the precipice of. <laughs> I'm telling. I listen. I'm telling the line. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, but they. You know, they protected Ace Austin. You know, Ace Austin immediately got the hell out of there. I think right. it was more like with. With Fulton, I guess it was kind yeah. of like, oh shit, then, he took him what, out real quick. What do they call uh, Cardona's thing, the Rough Rider or whatever? Uh, he did yeah. give one of those to uh, Madman Fulton. Yeah, Fulton, so you know. they, they they protected the young the young star, but you know, it, I was surprised too when just to see him standing tall. You know what would be cool though? Instead of him teaming up with like Brian Myers on the road because they're buddies, have them. Brian Myers right now is a it's a nasty heel, and Matt Cardona's coming in here like, I mean we saw a promo in this week's episode where he said that you know he's not here with a chip on his shoulder. I'm just I'm just here and I'm gonna do what I want, but like in a very baby face ish yeah. type of way. So that'd be cool to see them clash down the road, like you know, two best friends or I don't know. I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm excited to see him there, and then to see what they have for him. I don't know. I don't cool. think you're selling. I don't think Wait you're minute. selling. I don't think you're selling me on it, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Um, no. <laughs> but something that you don't I'm have to, trying s- to and I'm like, Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> something that you don't have to sell me on though, Sandy is the X division title three way match uh, at mm-hmm. hard to kill here where the champion manic defends against Chris Bay. And of course your man, Mommy. Rohit Raju. <laughs> this was very, very nearly on the precipice, Sandy, of match of the night. Very near. Um, it was this, awesome. this, this was awesome. 
I, I mean, I, I know you love, I know you loved it, but you want, know let's tell the audience, what did you love about it? What was, I mean, besides all, um, you know, everything, holy shit. It was so like, I was, my mouth dropped. This is a nearly, no, this is a five-star match in my eyes. I don't know what the hell Dave Meltzer does to, <laughs> to rate <laughs> the matches, but it's a freaking five-star for me. It was just executed absolutely perfectly you know, the, there was a three-on-three three sequence to start, which was executed just absolutely perfectly. I It was the, um, oh, no, I'm thinking of this week's. I can't even think about it. They posted a, a thing online on the Impact thing. I, I can't even, I'm at a loss of words right now. I'm trying to describe this match to our sure. listeners. Holy shit. If, there's a, if you can go and just pick out a couple of matches from the show it's this one and of course the main event we all know the main event was going to be fucking fantastic but this one i just dropped an f-word for no reason so it's that freaking good <laughs> <laughs> no listen it is uh it's really good um and of course rohit is still just consumed um with this whole uh like I have to unmask TJP because if I unmask him, then he's going to have to give it to me uh, because he stole it from me, you know, and it's just, that's just not the case. Um, <laughs> uh, so he does unmask Manic to uh, Joker face paint, uh, basically. And that was kind of weird, um, but uh, really good match. Really awesome. Of course, TJP does, uh, or excuse me, Manic uh, does retain. Um, man, like and you he said, thanks Rohit for the win too. Oh, like it was right when we were getting to the whole thing of you know Rohit had the upper hand right before this unmasking. There was a false heel where Rohit goes for the pin, and I nearly jumped out of my seat because it was that close. They had me so invested in this match. Like yeah. when he hit that pin and that false heel hit, I I was like jumping up and down. I really thought they were going to give him the title back. And he is my freaking favorite impact wrestler. And I was like, yes, he's finally getting what he deserves. But then of course kicks out and then he goes for the, the whole mass situation. And then of course, stupid TJP manic, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Rohi and I was upset. Boo this man. And then, of course, next uh, on the episode from 119 on Impact, we find out that Scott Demore freaking doesn't even care that Manic is TJP. And he's like, yeah, we knew all along. It's like, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But you are a little bit, just a smidge. Uh, but it's worth, <laughs> it, it is worth noting it because I, I don't know that we're going to spend a lot of time uh, covering backstage yeah. segments just because uh, in the interest of time with the pay-per-view. And then also we got to get to video games tonight, uh, which we will do. Uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen uh, Hard to Kill, definitely go and find that match. Um, next up is another title match. Uh, this one, pretty solid. It is, of course, the Impact Knockouts title match featuring the defending virtuosa Diana Perrazzo and, of course, Taya Valkyrie. And we all know how I feel about Taya Valkyrie. We all know that I think she should have won this match, but she didn't. Oh. <laughs> and now as we record this, uh, you know, about five days after Hard to Kill, we now know why Ty Valkyrie didn't win this match. Um, but 
we haven't had the chance, uh, Sandy, yet to talk about Susan yet. I don't believe. Um, no. So and and let's so let's talk briefly about Susan. Um, well, you know, what? let's save Susan for for the match that she's in uh, from this week's Impact. Um, but okay. so Diana Diana Perrazzo is of course accompanied to the ring by Kimberly and Susan. Who is Susan? You ask. Susan is uh, Sue Young. Um, after whatever ritual Father James Mitchell uh, did. So she's wearing a suit and has her hair up. It's very strange. Um, and then Taya is, of course, accompanied to the ring uh, by Decay um, to basically eliminate Deanna's partners. All four of them get ejected from the match. So it's just, you know, uh, one-on-one v one. Um, really solid match here, Sandy. What do you think? So I'm not going to lie to you. Josh, like the beginning, it, it really threw me off. You know, they, the nonsense between everyone on the outside was taken care of quickly, which I'm glad. So they were all expelled from ringside by the ref after the shenanigans from the get go. But it, it took me off completely because it wasn't just Kimberly and um, and Susan and Crazy Stephen Rosemary. You know, Ty was involved in it. Deanna was involved in it. It was, they were all just kind of beating the crap out of each other. And it started off really weird. Like, Kimberly went to attack Taya, and it was just really awkward. Yeah. And then commentary didn't help at all because they were like, what is, like, you know, they were just, they were saying exactly what I was feeling. And so they were just like, come on, what is this? Let's, let's. Let's let's get on to the to the real match to what we came here to see, and so I was like, oh, why do they have to do this here? You know, yeah. So that that took me off. I'm not going to lie. Um, but the the match itself, I thought I thought it was it was good. It was actually one of the the weaker matches of the show. I mean, especially following that freaking insane exhibition championship match. Sure. But they did they did what they had to do. It it was so good. You know, we see Deanna submitting Taya with the uh, the double Fujiwara armbar. Is that the one that she calls the Cosa Nostra? Or uh, yes. What does she call it? Yes. Yeah. I believe so. Because uh, she no, it's the Venus de Milo. The, because the, the one, yeah, yeah, the Cosa Nostra is the uh, the gotcha style pile driver. Oh, that's right. That's right. So yeah, so we see her winning with that, and yeah. I liked it, but like I said, it's it's one of the weaker matches in my eyes. Yeah. And I, th- I really think it just took me off just from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get it. It's hard to recover sometimes when they have that, that outside shenanigans and then you have to refocus your attention. And, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, no, I get it. Um, the next match, and you can't really call it a match, it's, the of course, the Karate Man versus Ethan Page. <laughs> this I, I I it's a pretty split opinion I think of what I've seen online. Some people really loved it, some people really hated it. Now the <laughs> it real the weird part about this is that Ethan Page himself is one of the people that hated it. And I don't know if you've seen this, Sandy, but he is actually uh, he was on a, a live stream um, out of out of Kayfabe, of course, and he complains that uh, Impact kind of sloppily edited together his what he shot and made it look way worse and way more goofy um, than he had intended. My Aww. question, my question for Julian, um, which is his shoot name, Julian, if it wasn't supposed to be funny, what was it supposed to be? 
yeah, I'm like, <laughs> even without the editing, I feel like those clips that he filmed himself would still be goofy as shit. Like, yeah, I mean, it, Sandy, he I did. I don't think a, there's anything did, that could be done. He had the karate to make man. It serious. He had the karate man do the Liu Kang bicycle kick from Mortal Kombat. I, I mean, what what part of this was not supposed to be goofy? I watched it and I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. I had a good chuckle at it. It didn't take up too much time. I you know and obviously he was leaving Impact, so the Karate Man of course wins by ripping out Ethan Page's heart, uh, which is done off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does like the Street Fighter like uh, walk down the road thing, holding Ethan Page's heart. I thought it was funny. I, I mean, I didn't have any problem with it. Um, I thought that, I mean, I, anything Karate Man I've ever seen is not really edited perfectly. I mean, I, I don't know. I think he's just kind of on it, just saying stuff on his way out. Maybe he didn't like something that was going on backstage. Maybe he clashed with someone backstage in, in production. So I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate, but I don't, I don't know what his problem was with it. That's kind of what I, where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, I'm right there with you because I saw it. I laughed so hard. I thought it was perfect. Ethan Page, he's he's a goofy dude. You know, he has his little YouTube show and he's he's goofy, he's hilarious. So I thought this was very on character to what we've come to known as no as Ethan Page. So for him to go out and say, oh, they did it wrong, they didn't, they they mocked it, or you know whatever he was saying online. Yeah. That kind of throws me off. It's like there's no way this could have ever, no no matter how it's edited, that it could be taken seriously because of the reasons that you just mentioned. So to me, that's kind of a bummer. I really, he should have just embraced it. Like, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, he kind of started to say too, like, oh, you know, I didn't really want to do Karate Man on Impact. I wanted Karate Man to only be on my YouTube. And, I, I said this to, to the boys. I was like, he didn't have to do Karate Man on Impact. No. That's not an Impact character. He, they couldn't have forced him to do it. He did it. And, you know, I mean, I just, I feel like there's just a lot of uh, him kind of trying to backtrack a little bit. It's, it's kind of what it feels like. Um, maybe yeah. maybe due to some of the critical, uh, you know, if people didn't like it critically, then... I don't know, man. I I, I felt like it was Own fine. Own up to it, you know? Yeah, I thought it was fine. So I think so, too. Yeah, whatevs. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, it so... bumps me out, though, because I really thought he was going to be, like, he, he seems like the type of person that would just be... And, you know, this is all speculation, because we don't know exactly what happened. We don't, we don't know the situation. But if it is something that, you know, he did this, and he's kind of backtracking because of the negative reaction to it. To me, that's just so like, oh, I thought I thought Julian, his shoot name. I thought Ethan Page was uh, was just better than that. If that is the case, but we don't know. It's all yeah. speculation of what we were kind of seeing from him. But yep. I enjoyed and it. I laughed. I'm the same. I I enjoyed it too. Um, yeah. and you know what? Wherever Julian winds up, uh, we'll see him wrestle uh, at a high level again. Uh, very soon, uh, I am sure, uh, wherever that may be, whether that be in Orlando or Jacksonville or Baltimore, uh, for you ROH heads. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I can't imagine that he would leave uh, Impact to go to ROH. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But it's the wrestling business, Sandy. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> Rest in peace, Ethan Page. 
the character. Because right. if he shows up in Orlando, you know for sure he's not being called Ethan Page. No. Um, <laughs> did you see uh, they announced signings uh, today? And I, I see did. That. Oh, my God. Priscilla Kelly's name. What was Gigi? It's Gigi Dolan or Dolan. Uh, it's I, pretty bad. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Let's uh. let's. I'm going to just pump the brakes there, Sandy, because I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of the NXT name generator being awful uh, because it's absolutely <laughs> terrible. Uh, obviously, you know, you have a, a TV, uh, PW, uh, a friend who is at NXT who got a horrible name change as well, and we're not going to go down that road uh, either. Um, <laughs> we're just not. <laughs> oh, I like her name. No, it was better before. No, no it was better it was, before. It was. Um, but that's always, always the case. We'll move on, though, because... Uh, this match was a lot better than I expected. Um, I, uh, and I, I kind of allude to this when I with my comment about thumbtacks. I don't enjoy deathmatch style matches. Me I just either. don't. I just don't. I, I think it's not needed in 2021. I didn't think it was needed in 2020, especially uh, with COVID. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I, you know, being busted open in the era of COVID, not a good idea to me. And I am looking at you, Cody Rhodes. Um, <laughs> but this match, though it had some blood, did not have a ton, which I am more than okay with. Eddie Edwards, of course, and Sammy Callahan had their big blow off in the barbed wire massacre match. First, I want to talk about is the ring design itself, because this thing was kind of gnarly looking. They had the, the chain link fence on one, just one fourth of it with the barbed wire at the top. Then they had a chain holding weapons across from that on the other ring, uh, ring fourth. And then they had barbed wire on the, on the, the opposite of hard cam side. And then the bottom, the hard cam side was regular ropes. It was very strange how they set that up. And then in two corners were very thin pieces of plywood wrapped in um, barbed wire. I love that ring setup. It looked like if you were going to set up your like wrestling action figures to do a hardcore match, that's what the that's, <laughs> that's what, what that's, you would do. <laughs> that's what the playset from Hasbro would look like, right? <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I thought it was so innovative, and you know the fact that they didn't have just the entire steel cage. I thought was cool. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that. No, I haven't. So it's like if they wanted to throw each other at a chain link, at the freaking kind of like a steel cage, there you go. You have that side. Mm-hmm. I, oh my gosh. As soon as I saw it, I was like, are they not done setting up the match, the ring, uh, the cage for it? <laughs> but that's how it was. And I'm like, that worked out perfectly. I thought it, I thought it looked fantastic. And like, yeah. exactly like you said, like, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a, not even a huge, I'm not a death match person like at all, but there is a niche audience for it. And honestly, the way I think Eddie Edwards' character now is that he's a hardcore wrestler. <laughs> That's his gimmick, and he's doing it so well. Yeah, and I mean, what, and Sammy also, way, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yep. And what I mean, this was—I was expecting it to just be a bloody mess, but no, they were able to tell a story there. They didn't have to get extremely bloody while still being violent, while still telling a story between the two, and. I, yeah, exactly like you said. This surprised me, and I thought it was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. I was, I was honestly just 
initially just going to tune it out, but then I was like, holy shit. All right. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Fun. I was like, cause you know, I, calling my, my wife is originally like, oh yeah, you know, you gotta make sure, um, you know, uh, you watch the pay-per-view with the kids, you know, this and that. I'm like, there's a barbed wire massacre match. <laughs> and actually, they probably, I, I think Nolan probably would have been okay watching that. Not that I would necessarily want him to be, like, watching it. But I feel yeah. like it, had he seen it, it wouldn't have been like, oh, my God, you know, like, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, really good match. Eddie Edwards does pick up the victory. Um, I hope we're done with these two. I think I feel like we have to be. The only reason not. why I think that it might linger is because we didn't see Ken Shamrock. Um, oh god! And You're there's right. no. forgot. <laughs> yeah, there's no real reason for him to have not been a part of it, other than uh, there was news in the week leading up to Hard to Kill that there was some COVID hitting. Um, kind of all the wrestling, right? Because everyone lives here in Florida and they all hang out together. And so I, I don't know if Ken Shamrock was a part of that. To me, again, man, I really hate speculating about COVID and things like that. Um, but it feels like Ken Shamrock probably would have been on the show if he didn't have it because there's no reason for him to have not been. Yeah. Um, but uh, he wasn't. And Eddie Edwards gets the win and um, he did, uh, what was the, what was the finishing move he did? It was one of his, um, uh, Japanese, uh, mentor, uh, guys finishing moves. He did it onto a, the, the plywood with the barbed wire wrapped on it. I can't, I'm, it's, it's the driver, the, with the, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I can't, God, I can't think of it. It's um, the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I know, I know, because he not only does the Blue Thunder Driver and then he also does the Tiger Driver, but it was something else uh, entirely, where he kind of like he wrenched the arms a little bit. It was it was a really really nice move, good finisher, because um, he hit the Boston Knee Party uh, originally and that wasn't enough, so then he picked him up and hit him with the driver uh, onto the barbed wire and then got the pin. Um, really really good, uh, really fun match, and. Uh, really good lead in to our main event. The Minashuko driver. Yes. Right? Yeah. It was it was Are yeah, it was it was a very yeah, it was a variation <laughs> on that. It's really good. Um but yeah, okay. then we have the uh main event here, Sandy. The moment everyone in the wrestling world was waiting for. The Dude, I know you didn't watch this live, but like I got chills. Seeing Kenny Omega come out and I'm literally watching this, like, we are watching such a pivotal point in pro wrestling history and impact history and Kenny Omega's history, because he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer. I think he's nominated for this year or something, right? Well, uh, Kenny I mean, Omega is already in. He got voted into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame uh, this oh, okay. year. So then yeah. that already happened. Yep. Well, there you go. So, and counting how many other more that he'll be in down in the future sure so to me watching this i was it honestly it felt like one of those moments like i can't even compare it to anything at the moment my my mind is just blank but i was watching i got goosebumps i'm like holy shit like this is this is history and i feel like years on the road I was like hey where were you how were you watching hard to kill impact when this historic night happened and I don't know, years from now, I'll be like, I was at home watching it at the edge of my seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was, old- um, 
<laughs> I was watching it uh, in on the couch on my iPad the next morning, but um, <laughs> I still <laughs> I still had I still had those same kind of like feelings like because as a professional right. wrestling fan, right? Like I, I mean, you remember like with the Monday Night Wars and everything, like you were thinking like, oh, like what if this person showed up here? Or what if this person? Or wouldn't it be cool if these guys wrestled each other, right? And uh, not necessarily that this was a dream match that people thought up of, you know, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Chris Saban, Moose, and Rich Swan. But the idea that you could have Still. this intermingling of promotions um, and be major promotions that are intermingling, especially AEW, um, it's just really awesome. Uh, it really is. Um, I I can't stress this enough. This match, the biggest thing for me, my biggest takeaway from this, is that there's not a match I'd rather see right now than Kenny Omega versus Moose. Like, <gasps> oh my god! I want it. Who now. would have thought? Who would have thought that the last person to join this match out of, you know what? Honestly, Josh, the way I was thinking it, because I was like, okay. Moose getting involved in this match with Alex Shelley out is actually kind of perfect. And I still think in the back of my head, actually, no, because Alex Shelley wasn't on impact the, the, the taping afterwards. I thought they did it on purpose because right. the story just makes so much sense. Like, Hey, Moose and Rich won after the match that Moose had with Willie Mack he got he destroyed Willie Mack in order to get Rich One to offer him a title opportunity. Like that's genius right. and just like devilish. But he yeah. nailed it. And then for him to be put into this match so that there's there's huge tension there. And then Moose still being the TNA, the impact, the company man, it says, Hey, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna be the best partner you have, bell to bell to take out those AEW assholes, right? right? And for him to come in here and give us that moose, moose came out as the bigger man out of everyone. It was insane what he was doing in that ring. He was moving around like a freaking cruiserweight. He did a standing moonsault. He did over here a Spanish fly with Kenny Omega. Like, what? <laughs> he looked like a fucking that, million dollars. That Spanish fly... I, on my iPad, on my couch, watching it the morning after, I literally was like, holy shit. Like, I literally out loud said, holy shit. Because <laughs> the the idea, first of all, of, of Moose being that size, he's like 6'8", like 280. To do, I, I mean, I don't need to tell you, you've, you've been with Moose in person. Um, he's a very large man. And he also looked like he he looked like he trimmed up. Uh, he looked pretty uh, pretty cut. Um, to do a Spanish fly at that size is just insane. It's I mean it's it's insane to do a Spanish fly period, but at that size, <laughs> and then also with Kenny Omega, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're gonna choose a partner to do one with, Kenny Omega is one to do. But also like just the idea, because like, I I I had thoughts going into it, Sandy, that we might not see a full on Kenny Omega just because he's the AEW champion. He doesn't, you don't want him getting hurt, but I, I, I was happy that he still did spots. A lot of them, by the way. Um, and probably more than the good brothers did combined. Um, at least from taking hits. Um, 
Kenny took that. He also took a lot of the uh, DDTs uh, that Chris Saban did. Um, everything just was, I mean, it was awesome. I loved every bit of it. It was so freaking good. And you know what? It's it's very rarely that in pro wrestling that we get that big match feel. And there's a reason why that term exists. Is because, you know, with pro wrestling, we we know it can be hokey. We know there's size differences. We know the storytelling. You know, we're, you know, all the smart fans listen to the podcast and want to know what's going on. To get that actual big match feel like, holy shit, like, this is going to be amazing. We don't know who's going to win. We don't know what the story is here. And that's exactly what it felt like. We, there was really no way to guess how this, how this was going to end. There was no guess. There was no way to guess any of that. And it was just 10 million thousand percent big match feel. And the, the ending, how shocked were you? I was, I was not shocked at the winner. I I thought the whole time we were going to get a one-winged angel. Mm-hmm. But I did not think that we were getting it delivered to Rich Swan, the Clean. impact champion, yeah. right in the middle of the ring. Right um, in the middle. I don't know of any other scenario where having your champion pinned by another company's champion in a pay-per-view, in a multi-man tag match, works but it it worked like it was really like it got people talking um and it became a talking point of course for don Callis on twitter later on afterwards um which by the way if you don't follow don Callis on twitter then delete your account because you're doing it wrong follow <laughs> don Callis on twitter um but it's it's just it's, it's such a shocking uh, thing and and this whole thing everything that they've done with this has been kind of like just pulling out another rabbit out of the hat right it's just you don't know what's exactly coming what it feels you, like. you just don't know what's coming um and it plays right into that don callis um you know uh invisible hand uh gimmick that he's rocking with which, by the way, is of course a T-shirt now available <laughs> at Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, if you want your Don Callis shirt, uh, I definitely do. Um, but yeah, really excellent, excellent show. Uh, what a match to end on. Um, it's uh, I, I'll say this: like, uh, if you're familiar with the Grapple app, Sandy, uh, you know where you can go on and rate matches and different things. Uh, Grapple is notoriously, notoriously uh, harsh on matches. Um, and that match has uh, four stars uh, pretty flat uh, on that app, which a four star on Grapple is like, you know, most people would give that like four and three quarters, five stars, like in that kind of area. Uh, you take away like a half or a three quarter star from, or you add that back into a Grapple rating because there are people on there that troll. Um, but four stars uh, on Grapple, uh, eight on Cage Match. So, I mean, this thing is, yeah, it's getting a lot of really high. Uh, Really, really, really high rated match. Really awesome. Can't can't talk highly enough about this pay per view. Um, and that's what kind of kind of let me down a little bit with this week's episode of Impact, Danny. And we'll transition into that because I feel like they had so much momentum coming out of the pay per view, and we kind of slammed on the brakes a little bit here. Yeah, you know what? I 
I beg to differ. I okay. really enjoyed this episode coming from from Hard to Kill. I think they they kind of they kept things moving along, um, especially with the big surprise that we see, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. Yes. But I know I really thought it was, you know, they impact. They're they're doing what they've been doing, which has been working. So it wasn't like a, okay after Hard to Kill after all these new changes that we remember we're going to keep changing. It's like, no, they're still going to be themselves and, and continue to make improvements without changing at the core who they are, which to me seems to be working. So that's what I got out of the episode. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, it's not wrestling heavy, but we do get a very good wrestling match uh, in the main event, which like you said, we'll get to. Um, we're furthering some storylines. Uh, we have a fallout match from the old school rules uh, match. We have Eric Young, uh, of course, company to the ring by Diener and Joe Doring, taking on Rhino one-on-one with cousin Jake at his side. Um, it was an all right match. Um, I didn't, uh, there's nothing I don't think that really stuck out to me. Um, but Eric Young does pick up the victory and then they, uh, decide to snap Rhino's ankle in a chair afterwards. Joe Doring delivering the stomp. Um, anything you want to add here on this one, Sandy? This one to me is prolonging that that storyline, um, giving violent by design uh, that exactly what they are. Hey, they came in here to hurt people. EY wants to cleanse the business. What a better way than to take out Rhino? Because what we see here at the end, once they take out Rhino and hurt his leg after the knee bar finish, and the chair with the leg in between the chair is that he was screaming in pain commentary let us know hey if we hear an update about rhino's condition we'll let you know so i want to say he's going to be out um for a bit to kind of make violent by design accomplish something so that they can keep progressing and, and moving on we'll see what happens with cousin jake but you know, the damage is done to Rhino. We'll see how this goes. So this is storytelling. Let's go ahead and keep keep going with these storylines and see where they go. Yep, for sure. And speaking of storylines, uh, I believe this is the spot in the show where uh, the Good Brothers come out to the ring to cut a promo. Interrupted, of course, by Chris Saban, who says, uh, listen, man, like uh, we want your tag titles. And they say, you don't have business taking the tag titles because you don't have a partner. And he says, uh, yes, I do. And he, of course, calls out James Storm, uh, who he tagged with uh, previously when Alex Shelley was unavailable. <clears throat> and, of course, they uh, take the team name of Beer Guns. Uh, of course, the mixture of Beer Money and the Motor City Machine Guns. Mm-hmm. And then after they have a promo together, we hear the screeching guitar. And a name very familiar to Impact audiences, TNA audiences, and quite frankly, wrestling fans around the world, pops up on the Titantron, Sandy. Who was it that showed up at Impact Matt, this week? Matt freaking Hardy. Dude, everyone lost their damn minds. I was watching this live and Twitch went off. Yeah. It was crazy. It's totally unexpected. Like you mentioned earlier, another rabbit out of the hat thing. So he interrupts and he is joined by none other than Private Party from AW. So very interesting. 
very i was like oh i was so excited <laughs> yeah and it gets better and obviously there's a storyline going on in AEW where big bunny matt hardy of course that variation of matt hardy is kind of the one he's rolling with now you never know which matt hardy you're going to get uh really at any given time um he is managing private party and they're kind of working this angle about how you know he's getting like like i think it's 30 percent of their uh winnings on AEW, and then he's told him oh well i'm getting half of what you get here because it's third party match um he's just wheeling and dealing and you know kind of screwing him out of money at some point of course it's going to come to a head and private party is going to kick him to the curb um but that's getting way ahead of ourselves and that's probably a discussion for an AEW podcast but (laughs) for the sake of this podcast and how it relates to impact wrestling um Matt Hardy says, uh, "My guys got a, me and my guys. We got a match on uh, Dynamite tomorrow, so we need a warm up match. And for our warm up match, yeah, we'll take on the Good Brothers. They can take you guys. Uh, we'll t- you know take them for the Impact Tag Team Titles. You know the titles, of course, that my brother and I won and never gave. You know, never lost. But unfortunately, you know, they were taken. I think he says they were taken away from us in a teleportation gimmick, um, <laughs> kind of kind of burying how they kind of took the titles off of them." Um, but then the Good Brothers say, hold on now. You can't just challenge the Good Brothers. You, How about this? You guys wrestle these guys, and if you win, you get a shot at the Impact Tag Team Championship. And so, uh, thus, our main event for this episode is booked Private Party versus Beer Guns. Um, and that happens, of course, uh, at, in the main event. So we got some stuff before we talk about that. Um, but that, when I saw that happen, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Like private party can really go. And I think those guys can wrestle with anybody. Um, and then uh, Chris Saban and James Storm are both really good too. Oh, hell yeah. Especially Chris Saban being in there. Uh, I don't know. I was, I, I wish it was Alex Shelley because imagine Alex Shelley and Chris Saban and those two, I was like, oh. But, you know, James right. Storm, James Storm, I mean, he's, of course he can go, but, you know, he's, he's kind of like the odd man out, I guess, just based on his size, the way that he wrestles compared to Chris Saban and Private Party. Right. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Number one contenders match for the Impact World Tag Team titles with Private Party from AEW. Holy shit. How cool. I know. Super cool. And before we move on, I do want to, I do want to point out that Matt Hardy uh, does make a reference, uh, kind of tongue in cheek to the old Steiner math promo uh, when he starts talking about how uh, he's about to get a 260% payday. And he's like, I'm getting 30% here, 30% of him, hundred percent of me, 50% of him and 50% of him. So that's like 260%. And uh, James Storm, of course, points out, Hey man, your, your math is way off, <laughs> um, which of course, and, and I guess uh, I was told, I didn't watch on Twitch. But I was told on Twitch uh, for the the flashback moments they showed the Scott Steiner math promo twice, twice. During, the, during the broadcast. <laughs> yes, and, I was you know like, what? well, I wasn't complaining because I freaking <laughs> love that promo. It makes me laugh every time. Yes, and we've said it before in this podcast. Uh, please go to YouTube and watch the Steiner math promo whenever you need a smile uh, because it will bring one to your face. <laughs> uh, but I did want to point fun. out that that very fun kind of tongue in cheek Matt Hardy reference to. Uh, the Steiner math, which of course led Impact to keep playing that commercial. Um, but moving on, we have a <laughs> knockouts tag team match between Kimberly and Susan against Jazz and Jordan Grace. So we see uh, Jazz continuing to kind of stick around here and wrestle some. 
which I was kind of surprised by. Were you shocked? Yeah, I immediately thought of you because you're like, there's no way she she has to retire after this one-on-one with Jordan Grace passing right. of the torch. She's gone. And I really thought so too, but I, I kind of I kind of thought she would stick around for a little bit. Remember, I was like, you know, yeah. she could still go. She could. She and could. She's and out here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, this match I felt like was a little long on the tooth. It goes over ten minutes, almost eleven minutes. Um, I, I will say this about Susan, because I said we were going to talk about her, and this is kind of the time to talk about her. Susan, Sue Young. Susie, I will give the performer credit that she's able to stay in character and make these gimmicks really her own for each one of these. And that's impressive because she wrestles a three different styles, right? She's not wrestling like Sue Young when she's Susan, right? A little bit more refined. I think it's incredibly dumb for her to be wrestling in a suit with a blazer on and sneakers. (laughs) Um, But I think that's part of it, right? Um, because Father James Mitchell even is kind of a little like, I, mean, I don't know, really know. I mean, it's just this is kind of what happened, right? I mean, it's Susan, like, <laughs> you know. Oh, sorry. To a Karen. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, I, Susan was fine. Uh, Kimberly was fine. Jordan, Jordan did fine. And so Jazz, it was an okay match. I, I, the two teams didn't click for me as much as uh, I had hoped. Um, but it was a pretty good match here uh, to throw on a Tuesday night. I really liked it. I think Jazz actually looked the best to me that she has in her previous matches for some reason. I feel like maybe in the beginning, you know, she was still a little bit like tight. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe she didn't get to train as much to for her comeback or, you know, whatever the, the reason may be. I feel like this time around, she she felt a little bit more like flexible, more. There was something different about her sure. in this match. Sure. Not exactly sure what it was, but to me, I was like, oh, okay, she's out here doing the damn thing. Yeah, so, I, I would say it's the, the best. End... No, I was just going to say, it's the best tag match that she did, and she's done a couple of those since yeah. she came back. Uh, her match with Jordan Grace one-on-one um, at Genesis was really good, uh, so definitely make sure you go back and check that one out if you didn't. Um, but yeah, this is the best she's looked in a tag match. Uh, I uh, 100% agree with that. Awesome. And yeah, we at the end we see Susan pinning Jazz with a schoolgirl after interference from Diana. Of course, she was out there, and and that's it. Yeah, and I'm interested to see, um, and and we'll talk about this next. So I think it's in the next segment in between matches here. Um, actually, well, it might be a little bit later. Uh, but uh, I don't know where the next challenger for Diana comes from. Um, I don't know if cheating to beat Jazz fires Jordan back up to challenge again. Um, and then she takes it off her because right now there's nobody that's going to take it off of Deanna. There just isn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, which, you know, we could see now that we know that private party can show up on impact. Maybe we see Deanna Peraza show up and char- challenge Hikaru Shida. You just never know. Right. Uh, AEW did, I don't know if you saw this, they announced a uh, tournament for the number one contenders match for the uh, AEW Women's uh, Championship. Uh, I expect to see some impact wrestlers in there. Um, Quite frankly, I I just think it's going to happen. So we'll see, but uh, not not to get too in the weeds in that. Um, I just, I'm I'm trying to, to figure this out. I just, I can't, I don't see anyone on that roster challenging Deanna that 
she hasn't already beaten. That would be a legitimate shot. You know, I, I don't think they're going to put it on Alicia Edwards anytime soon. No offense to Alicia, but she's not beating Deanna Perrazzo. So um, we shall see. I, I mean, the other thing they could do is that the Susan thing can backfire and then Susan winds up turning back into see Young and be part of some master. That's what I was thinking. Know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that that feels like the most likely at this point, right? Yeah, that's what, exactly what I was thinking, but who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yep, so at this point, I think we see um, uh, AC Romero with his uh, Sherlock Holmes hat, which is actually Tommy Dreamer's Sherlock Holmes hat, and Johnny Bravo <laughs> run up to uh, Tommy Dreamer. They're trying to tell him again, hey, man, Larry D was set up. We promise. Larry D was set up. And... Tommy's like, come on, guys, like, stop, knock it off. And uh, Ace is like, no, look, we found our, I was in the uh, knockouts locker room at Hard to Kill, which I didn't mention because it wasn't really, I mean, it's kind of, you know, silly. It um, was just him walking in there. <laughs> right. He literally just walks into the uh, knockouts locker room, which for all the new eyes that are watching uh, Hard to Kill, they probably had no idea whatsoever Wait, what, okay. what was going on. <laughs> why, why is this giant man wearing a Sherlock Holmes hat and going into the locker room with the women? <laughs> and then not seen again on the pay-per-view <laughs> but um it's he reveals <laughs> yeah it was a little strange he does reveal that he found the bottle of ring rust that uh larry d used to turn into lawrence d in there to which tommy dreamer says hey man a lot of people are using ring rust and also you shouldn't be going into the knockouts locker room right thank I'm you i'm glad tommy. he said that thank you tommy <laughs> um he's absolutely right uh, but that leads to them having a, but, you know, kind of like, you know, Tommy, like, we know who this is. Like, it was in this person's bag. And he's like, oh, okay. And then, of course, that sets up the next segment, which happens later. Um, and then we have Rich Swan come out to the ring to cut a promo. Moose comes out, and Rich tries to get him to wrestle for the Impact Championship at that point. Uh, both are in street clothes. Moose is in his suit. Uh, obviously not going to be a match that happens. Uh, Rich says, uh, well, if you're not ready to have a match and I don't want to talk, then uh, I guess there's nothing else that, that what is, what is going to happen? And so he starts a brawl and this is a pretty good brawl, Sandy. <laughs> it was a really good brawl, but ultimately we see Moose just, I mean, <laughs> He comes out and just gets completely. Wait, am I am I getting this wrong? Because I could have swore it was Moose on top, and now I have my notes here. It's Swan. Yeah, Rich Swan. Rich what Swan happened? stands tall. Yeah. So uh, Moose, go. gets, okay. Moose gets. Yeah. Moose. <laughs> yeah. Moose gets the early jump, but then uh, Rich, of course, fights out the underdog style. Uh, winds up hitting a Phoenix Splash on a Moose in a three-piece suit. That's what it was. Um. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, interesting there. Uh, the title match is going to happen sooner than later. I feel like, Sandy, if I'm projecting here, I feel like Moose is going to take the belt off of Rich Swan. I think so, too. And unify those belts. And then he's yeah. going to wrestle Kenny Omega. That's what I want to happen. I want, I want Moose yeah. to wrestle Kenny Omega. And it makes more sense if he has the Impact Championship belt when he does it. 100%. I mean, if you, you know, you, you think about how WWE picks other champions, you know, th their, their champions are the faces of these companies. 
And a criticism that we've we've heard that I've seen online that I personally can agree with is that Rich Swan doesn't seem like that face of the company that Impact needs at the moment, especially with all the attention that they've been receiving lately. And what better man to be that face of the company if not for the Impact company man that is Moose, especially right. after this amazing showing at Hard to Kill, especially after the history, especially after this transformation, after his feud with EC3. It's, it's going to be... It's what needs to happen. Yeah. Hands and, down. And it's not, again, it's not that it is um, a knock on Rich Swan. But oh, uh, no, we, we, we know, like, okay, because it's it's wrestling, we know kind of what's going on. Rich Swan has, you know, so a, a, a bit of a, he's had trouble in his past, and, and, and Moose has also. But mm-hmm. Rich Swan's, I believe, was more recent. And, like, Rich Swan hasn't tweeted since, like, 2016 or 2015. He has a Twitter account that's active, but he does not tweet from it. He does not log into it. So when you have people that are your, your main title holders, you kind of want those people, I think, getting social media followers, getting clicks, getting views. And I, I feel like that's where Rich Swan is kind of just not there, Right. He doesn't hold up that part of it. Um, and I think Moose obviously would. I mean, Moose is larger than life. He's a really good promo. Obviously, he had stuff in his past. That's probably why he's still at Impact, um, because bigger companies don't necessarily want to put him on their screen because of what's happened in the past. Um, and But, you know, we'll see. I, I, I mean, I think Moose should take it. I think Moose should be the one that wrestles Kenny Omega, uh, just based off of the performance in the six-man tag. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, we do have uh, one more match here before we get to the uh, main event of the evening, and that is a singles match between Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler, and Fala Ba. Um, four minutes, 13 seconds. Um, I thought it was fun while it lasted. It was so fun. So we actually get this match from a backstage segment earlier in the night where Fire and Flava all day or all show, they have been trying to get people to buy tickets to their celebration for becoming the Knockouts Tag Team Champions. So it's kind of funny because they're doing this thing because of fire, you know, like the fire festival. I'm right. sure you've seen the <laughs> the documentaries on Hulu and Netflix of that, mm-hmm. that shit show that was the fire festival. So it's really funny how they're coming off on that. You know, you hear Tanil Dashwood say, or Caleb with a K say, is this where we put the orange circles? Because that's how they promoted the celebrities. Right. <laughs> and, you know, silly, silly things like that backstage. They're trying to get people to buy tickets. Nobody's freaking buying it. We see just Brian Myers kind of get, it kind of interrupt whatever was going on back there. Same with Fala Ba. And that's how we get this match. It was pretty much just they collided. They said some words, disagreement, and then, okay, well, I'll see you in the ring. And that's what happened. And you know what? I was actually really excited for this match because I love Fala Ba. Brian Myers, he's tremendous. So my notes, my main notes for this one is just yes in all capitals because I was excited. Uh, even though it was really short, was. Ryan was selling his ass off for Falab because, of course, he Falab is huge. But I, every time he's in that ring, I just I I love it. You know, yeah. <laughs> he he's smooth. He he can go in there. He can run. He can hit the ropes. I mean, he he's a he's a solid worker. So 
Yes. To see this difference between Brian Myers, who's not a small guy by any means either, uh, so his ass off, and then also making Falaba look great while Brian Myers came out on top. Uh, I thought it was a really fun match. Yeah. It served its purpose, and it was good. I have a question for you, Sandy. What's up? If it's not Brian Myers, who is the best seller in Impact Wrestling? Because I, I think it's I think Brian Myers sells better than anyone. But if you had to choose someone else, who would be your your Rahim best seller? Raju. I know you're going there. <laughs> just, just, just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah. no, Brian Myers. Oh my God, he the, the bumps that he takes. I love. Oh, Brian Myers is so soft. He's yep. he's so underrated, and I cannot believe how terribly used he was in WWE because this man, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, they try to make him uh, basically so the, the the modern day uh, Brooklyn brawler or, uh, or Brooklyn jobber uh, kind of, uh, you know, and and he he deserves more than that. And I'm happy that he's winning matches here in Impact. Um, it'll be interesting. He hasn't had any screen time now uh, with Matt Cardona between the pay per view and this week's Impact, um, which is probably good. I, I think you know, kind of just just give them some space to, to be apart, um, especially just don't rush them back together because, yep. you know, they were tag team champions at WWE towards the end there. And it wasn't exactly the most over uh, thing in the world. So let those guys breathe like singles. I feel like needs to do this on his own. Keep them separated. Exactly. Like you said, no need to rush it. No need to do it at all. To be frank, I wouldn't, that to me doesn't, get me excited. doesn't draw me in. <laughs> yeah. I actually want to see them in a feud somehow, but that's really yeah. it. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I think we'll get to that. Maybe they'll uh, wrestle over a rare action figure or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there are two segments that I want to highlight before we get to the main event. Uh, the first one uh, is, of course, one that you alluded to earlier. Uh, TJP uh, walks in to Scott Demore's office as Rohit Raju is uh, lambasting uh, – Demore about his uh, uh, lack of an X Division championship. He feels he's been cheated. He feels this and that. And of course, TJP uh, and no mask or anything walks in with the X Division title belt. Scott Demore says, hey, champ. And then Rohit's like, what? You said, what? You knew this the whole time? And of course, uh, Scott Demore's like, yeah, I said no one named TJP could challenge for it. I didn't say TJP couldn't have it. So, you know, then they had a funny kind of laugh at Rohit Raju. Sandy is very pissed. Um, her face is very angry right now. Um, and then, of course, they say, okay, you know what? You want to settle this, Rohit? Uh, you have a match against TJP one-on-one next week. And then, of course, Rohit's like, perfect, thank you. And he walks out, and then uh, Scott goes, mm, you think I should have told him it's a non-title match? And, of course, TJP. Oh, the disrespect. It's uh yeah they're disrespecting uh your man uh Rohit Raju, um so he's got a non-title match next week against TJP, um and then the other I literally run wrote down Scott Demore straight up punking my man. <laughs> <laughs> so upsetting. The, the other uh equally upsetting segment here is that Ty Valkyrie is of course backstage talking about her match with Diana. Uh, with the backstage reporter, and she's interrupted by Bravo. And she's like, what's going on? You're interrupting. Like, go away. And then Tommy and AC show up. They accuse her of setting up Lawrence D 
aka Larry D, of shooting Bravo. And she, of course, she first is like, no way. And then they say that they found her prints on the gun as well as the bottle of ring rest. And then they also uh, mysteriously have footage of it. So, <laughs> which they didn't mm-hmm. show the footage. They just said they have it. So we'll just take them at their word. To which she reveals that she did do it. She confesses. Uh, and then, you know, she kind of gets escorted out by security. A touching moment with Rosemary, of course, uh, on the way out. And uh, the funniest part of this, because none of it's really that funny. Oh, my um, God. Is they ask Tommy, well, where do you think she's going? He goes, well, if she's lucky, she'll wind up at Jacksonville State Penitentiary. But she... AKA-AW. Right. <laughs> but she may wind up uh, in Stanford Correctional Facilities. Of course, WWE. He said, but uh, for two years with an option to do a couple more. Just tell you. <laughs> and then, and then uh, AC goes, well, I just hope they don't send her off to Baltimore. Again, for you ROH heads. Because <laughs> um, that is, of course, where the I ROH bubble is. So hard for this. I was dying. The, dying. The fact- Especially when he goes for the two year and the option for a third. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, the fact that Tommy is able to break the fourth wall and tell these jokes and and deliver them also like seriously like it's just the testament to Tommy Dreamer and you know the uh, the man the man is professional wrestling he just is I mean yeah. it, it he he will work until he dies and he'll probably die in the ring exactly the way he wants to go and uh you know with a kendo stick in hand uh, that's how he gets to Valhalla you know like I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. And like the big thing is like before they die, they need an axe in their hand so they can go to Valhalla. Well, for Tommy Dreamer, what? That's just Viking lore. That's not a spoiler. Um, no, Josh, we didn't even get to talk about the Nintendo 64 controller on the freaking barbed wire massacre match. That's a good point. We'll circle back to that. But I'm gonna just okay. finish. I'm gonna finish my my <laughs> anecdote here about Tommy Dreamer, and that before he dies, they need to put a kendo stick in his hand. Uh, so that he can pass over to Valhalla or wrestling Valhalla because the man, listen, that's just the way it goes. But you're right. Uh, in the barbed wire massacre match, they did inexplicably have a Nintendo 64 controller wrapped in barbed <laughs> wire as a weapon. Um, that's probably the weapon I think they used that I would not want to get hit by the most. I mean, right. Because you can whip that thing pretty hard. Even and without then, barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah, dude, even without barbed wire, that would hurt. <laughs> Nintendo makes a solid, solid controller. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and that shape of it. Oh my God, that would hurt so bad. Well, those those hand those handles can hit different points, Sandy. You know, it just it's just ex, you know, big damage. I did change our Twitter uh, cover photo to Sammy Callahan holding the barbed wire Nintendo sixty four controller. I saw. So if you <laughs> I love it. yeah, so if you didn't see the what we're talking about, just go look at our cover photo. Follow us. Uh, subscribe to us on our podcast as well. Uh, you know rate, review, etc. And then, of course, retweet everything we tweet. Uh, Sandy tweets probably more from the 8-Bit Suplex uh, Twitter. Um, if it shows a lot of excitement engaged, and gosh. GIFs and uh, hashtags, that's Sandy tweeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more the old man tweeter where I'll, I'll just say something I think is fun and maybe I'll include a picture, but that's basically all I know how to do. So <laughs> all the real... I'm trying to get that 
that engagement out there. I'm trying to get us followers, Josh. Got to do well, the hashtag listen, thing. I have, <laughs> I have noticed, Cindy, that a certain Rohit Raju has liked a couple of our tweets from that handle. Thank you. So, I mean, hey, my hat's <laughs> off to you. Um, you're getting us noticed by people in the building. If they need us to go to Nashville yeah. for anything, Sandy, I can go to Nashville. That's not a problem. I'll jump in the impact zone. Yeah. I will for sure. We need Just, to get on the payroll, brother. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, but we won't talk about being on the payroll. So, <laughs> so we still Keep seem impartial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> with that, without further ado, I think we. Oh well, we'll just say. Um, we hope that Taya, obviously, her, her impact uh, time is done. It's sad. It sucks. I was so sad. There's been a I, lot of goodbyes lately. You know, we've had um, the Rascals. We've had Ethan Page, Madison Brain, now Taya. I mean, it's been it's been a lot emotionally, especially since we've gotten the hang of these people, seeing them in storyline, seeing them wrestle in this impact ring. And, you know, we're kind of just getting acclimated over the past however many months we've been doing this. And now we're just, we've been saying goodbye to a lot of people lately. And it's like, oh God, change is coming. But it's it's a good change. Overall, it's going to be good. You know, whenever one, one, of, one of those guys leaves, hey, who else can come in? You know, right. the opportunities and, yeah. are just completely endless. Yeah, and I trust that that impact will pull in someone. Uh, you know, there's 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 some some female wrestlers that are uh, available or coming available. NWA doesn't have a lot of their talent under contract anymore. Don't think they could land a Thunder Rosa, but maybe an Allison K. You know, there's there's some people out there uh, for sure that Eliana they could sign. Los Santos. Hey, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you never know. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, this is you in the impact zone, Sandy. Um, right. Hey, listen, just wrestle on explosion. Do a little trial match, you know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, listen, I'll be your ringside manager, of course. Um, so, oh, you know, perfect. I can take bumps, you know, <laughs> as as you know, Bobby Heenan style. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see what we'll see what happens, you know, um, with with what happens with Taya. I feel like I have a pretty good idea where she's going. Uh, we know where her husband works, of course, John Morrison. Um, so, you know, I, I think that probably buries the lead some. Um, but, you know, wherever she goes, she's going to be an excellent performer. She's a fantastic wrestler. Um, world-traveled. Excellent, excellent, excellent wrestler. Um, wish her the best. Sucks that we won't be covering her on this podcast anymore. And like you said, we've been saying that too much. Um, but that's okay, because now we get to talk about a, one of the top up-and-coming tag teams uh, in North American professional wrestling. And that is, of course, the uh, team of Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Cohen. The team Private Party, accompanied to the ring, of course, by big money Matt Hardy, taking on the beer guns, Chris Saban and James Storm. But this is a nice little wrinkle here, Sandy, because ringside is Tony Khan, the CEO, founder of AEW, and I was just absolutely blown away <laughs> that Tony Khan was in the impact zone. That was very strange for me. It was. It completely blew everyone's mind away. The Twitch thing was freaking popping. Everyone yeah. was like, what is, what are they doing? And of course, commentary did a very good job of making us be like, holy shit, this is huge. Like, what right. is happening here? 
And Tony Khan, all cute. I think he has like a little Star Trek little notebook that he's writing notes yes. on. Super cute. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was. It felt like it felt like a huge, like another freaking rabbit out of a bag. You know, they already surprised us earlier with Matt Hardy being there in private party, being in this number one contenders match, and then they pulled this other rabbit out of the freaking hat with Tony Khan and Jerry Liam being there, and then not even that, another freaking rabbit out of the the. Uh, hat i keep wanting to say bag out of the hat with the finish of this match yeah i was a little surprised (laughs) yeah i mean i i felt like private party was gonna win right um i thought they would win with a matt hardy interference but and if we haven't mentioned this guy uh who was sitting with tony khan which is of course jerry lynn uh if you know if you follow wrestling at all you know who jerry lynn is you know how important he is behind you know backstage agenting matches, producing, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I think if you look at um, the match as a whole, really, really good. And then we get, of course, the surprise of all surprises with Jerry Lynn uh, jumping in, grabbing the foot of Chris Saban and causing the victory to go towards uh, private party. Setting up, of course, a match with the Good Brothers. And that is just absolutely crazy. So, one, the fact that Private Party won, it doesn't matter if there was interference from Jerry Lynn. The fact that they won, and now they're the number one contenders for the Impact Tag Team titles, just absolutely blows my mind. You know, like, I thought, okay, these these young guys with Matt Hardy, they're going to come in here, they're going to have a great match, you know, this and that. But... (laughs) This ended up happening, which blew my mind. And Josh, I don't know if you watched. We're recording late Wednesday night, early, early Thursday morning. So I'm not sure if you got to catch any of the AEW episode, but I think they're they're teasing slowly but surely a heel turn for private party, especially with, you know, the Matt Hardy thing that he was talking about with, you know, getting a cut of their pay for all these matches sure. uh, at AEW. I'm not sure if you saw they're having a match. And I think it's Cassidy. Cassidy throws a chair over to, oh my gosh, what's his name? Mark Wynn. The other. Yes. <laughs> throws a chair or, yeah, yeah, uses a chair in the match while the ref wasn't looking. And, you know, Cassidy's on the outside like, did I do that? Yes, I did. Like with this face, like this like, <laughs> oh, I yeah, I did that. Like some like mischievous face. And his partner's over by the turnbuckle like, oh. <gasps> I like it. Like their faces were priceless. They told the, yeah. the exact story that they needed to tell, which was, oh, that was devious. That was evil. That was that was messed up. But fuck right. it, I like it. <laughs> yeah, so when it all costs. Really yeah. So yeah, nice I, I didn't get story. to see it, but I did follow along with uh, some group text messages and different things like that. Because um, mm. I was in class, so I didn't get to watch. Oh yeah, that's right. I'll watch tomorrow. Um, but yeah, no, it was um, uh, really. I'm interested to see uh, kind of what happens with Private Party and the Good Brothers. Do they dare make a switch and put the tag titles on Private Party? Or does Kenny Omega cause them to lose and keep the tag titles on the Good Brothers? Does Don Callis get involved? Uh, it'll be really interesting to see uh, kind of what direction they go with this. Because it, it really could be either way. Yeah, they could take this anywhere. And it's just exciting. <laughs> it's just so exciting. that. I- 
having the opportunity to do something completely out of the ordinary, completely fresh and new and exciting. It's just such a fun time in wrestling, dude. I'm so excited. They got me. I am. I am excited also. Um, And also, and this actually shows a pretty good transition here. Uh, I'm excited, Sandy, about what 2021 means for video games. Because there are some hot titles coming out. We are hopefully going to see inventory levels come back for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. We're hopefully going to get more news on Nintendo about maybe a potential Switch Pro. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But Sandy, I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of what uh, video games you're looking forward to the most. And we said that we were going to do probably about three or so each. But of course, that's never a hard and fast rule with us. We kind of make our own rules as we go. Uh, but what's the first oh, yeah. game you want to do, that you want to highlight, Sandy, that you are excited for? Okay, so one that we've already kind of talked about a little tiny bit when we did our Resident Evil uh, segment was that that was around the time that they announced the new Resident Evil Age, Resident Evil Village, yes. which, funny enough, today right now it's one thirteen a.m. It is January twenty one, twenty twenty one. And we are actually later on today, there is going to be a showcase of uh, Resident Evil Village, which we will see a a new trailer. So very exciting news. I can't wait to see this tomorrow or later today. So, you know, we did get to see a little glimpse of it this past week. Uh, Everyone's been talking about her, the tall, evil, old lady with uh with the hat with a giant freaking hat on this new little teaser that we received last week so the internet's been going wild she is beautiful apparently what what we're seeing here is that with this new resident evil village it's not just going to be about zombies so they're doing they're doing something new something exciting we're going to see possibly werewolves this tall lady could be she's a vampire is what it looks like and, you know, at first, you know, everyone was talking about the angle, like, okay, this lady, I think maybe it's just the angle of the camera, but no, she appears to be a really tall lady. And like I said, the internet's just been absolutely freaking out about it, which I have too. She's beautiful. And everyone, of course, talking about her beautiful looks. Um, but I am freaking excited for this. This showcase hopefully will have um, some announcements related to the franchise as a whole, not just in terms of video games, because... There's been there's been a few rumors going around of a new Resident Evil movie reboot, um, mm-hmm. perhaps a Netflix series. So there's just lots of excitement going around at the Resident Evil franchise, and I for one am excited for the possibility of you know of vampires and and different type of of monsters and villains that we've seen compared to you know just zombies. Um, that actually has been. A, a criticism from some hardcore fans that are like, no, I just want my zombies, damn it. Um, right. Those same fans also kind of shit on Resident Evil 7, which I thought was freaking spectacular. Uh, so whatever their opinion. Um, but as we talked <laughs> about before, you know, Resident Evil in in Japan, the game are, the games are called Biohazard, if I'm not mistaken, right? right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. So it could, it could be anything. It's not just a zombie franchise. It's just what ended up kind of going to that. But as we've seen in the series and throughout the years, it's not just zombies. That was a perfect way to introduce the game series at first because, you mm-hmm. know, 
for so many years, we were so captivated by the idea of, of zombies. They're a huge thing in pop culture. Now, I think that's cooled down a lot, uh, especially after we got so many zombie movies, The Walking Dead, all the video games. Now it's, it's, it's cooled off a little bit, which is expected. You know, things get popular, then they lose popularity, and then they come back and become popular again in 10 years. So for me, it's just exciting to see them being able to evolve kind of go along with the times hey let's let's vampires werewolves let's let's do all this crazy shit and i am here for it i'm freaking excited yeah no it's definitely uh, a huge title um a lot of anticipation i'm a huge resident evil fan as as listeners of this podcast will know um and i really am looking forward to it and i'm hopefully going to have a next gen system by the time that one comes out because I want to play that next gen uh, for sure. Um, so similarly, but also very not similar at all. Uh, the first game I'm going to talk about, Sandy, is a sequel entry, if you will, into a franchise, a long-standing franchise. Um, for me, the first thing I'm going to talk about is a new Pokemon Snap. Um, ah! if, so <laughs> the original Pokemon Snap came out in 1999 on the Nintendo 64. Oh, my God. Which seems like so, so long, long ago. So long ago. Um, I remember playing that game and trying to get 100%. And, you know, in the, in the days of Game Facts, trying to figure out where that last Doug Trio was. Um, but it's a, for those that aren't familiar, Pokemon Snap is a on-rails shooter set in the world of Pokemon. Now, when I say shooter, I don't mean guns. I mean a camera. You are literally taking pictures of Pokemon in the their wild habitats. Um, and your hovercraft basically goes on rails, right? This, if you're not familiar with a rail shooter, it's like uh, every arcade uh, shooting game you ever played, you progress automatically and you just have to take care of what's in front of you as you're progressing. There's no going back. Um, so it's a first-person uh, aspect. It's really fun, at least the first one was. And I'm excited to see uh, maybe, hopefully, you can you know, go to different places and, and see Pokemon from different regions. I think that'd be really cool, different variations. Um, but yeah, it's coming out on the Switch, uh, and it's set to release at the end of April. A um, little bit different, this one is uh, produced by Bandai Namco, whereas the first one was produced by HAL Laboratory. Um, who did a lot of those uh, Nintendo 64 games. Um, did a lot of uh, Nintendo exclusive work. Um, but, the, you know, the game, of course, will be published by the Pokemon Company and Nintendo uh, together. And uh, it's going to be awesome. I, I just, I'm super looking forward to it. So, Josh, did you ever play Pokemon Snap after that initial time when you were a kid and discovered it for the first time? Uh, no, I didn't because I didn't have a copy of it. Uh, my neighbor oh. Matt, my neighbor Matt, uh, had a copy. So when you know I played it at his house, and then we were kind of done with it. It was just kind of done. So, you know how some games like hold to the test of time, like you can play them over and over and over. Oh yeah, I'm. I, I'm the sure original, this one does not. <laughs> it does. It's so short and so easy. Oh my god, so I bought it for the virtual console, I believe, on my Wii U. It has to be my Wii U. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my mm -hmm. Wii U. So, 
And I was so freaking excited because I just have such fond memories of playing Pokemon Snap on the Nintendo 64 when it first came out. It was such a life-changing game. And, you know, it was just so different from the other Pokemon games. And it kind of it got you into their habitat, their world. And you're just kind of an expectator, you know? A lot of the, the Pokemon games that we see, you know, that, that type of, of game works. But for so many years, people have been like, we want to actually be able to walk around their world maybe in first person, maybe like a 3D platformer where we can be there with them and actually catch them rather than doing that like role play type of battle. So people have always wanted that type of game. So Pokemon Snap, I think was like the closest thing at that time. Yeah. And, and to this, to this, well, actually no, because I, well, I haven't played the Let's Go Poke. I'm getting ahead of myself. That time it was like, this is it. This is as close as we're going to get, right? But it's so nostalgic. So for me, I am so excited for this new Pokemon Snap. So hopefully I'm talking loud enough for uh, my boyfriend to hear me in the other room so he can buy it for me. <laughs> I am so excited to play. I think it's going to be so much fun to play it on the Switch, play it everywhere that you want to. You know, before we were limited to just the Nintendo 64. So now if you want to freaking take pictures of Pokemon while we're on the bus or on the subway or just taking a walk, we can do so. So that's very exciting. And hopefully, so we actually touched on this topic earlier, Josh, where a lot of these games that have been in production and are set to be releasing soon, they're kind of stuck in this weird spot where, like we saw with the whole cyberpunk uh, fiasco, where they right. were in development, then they move them, they're like, okay, no, we have to take advantage of all this new technology on the next-gen consoles, a new Xbox, a new PS5, but which have had limited availability, and of course, pricing, we have come through a very tough year, meaning people can't afford that right now, and, but, you know, they're, they're putting all their, all their, their money on the next-gen, and it's like, okay, so for us previous gen owners, are we kind of just stuck? Do we want to dish out the 60 bucks for a new game that's going to be faulty, buggy, glitchy, kind of like the situation with Cyberpunk? Are we, you know, it's right. it's one of those tricky things. And this happens every time there is a new console. It's like, okay, do I want to play it now or should I hold out until I get the new console and I can take advantage of that? So lots of different determining factors go into that, both from the developer of the game to the people who finance the games to us as a consumer and the gamers. I know right. for me, it's probably going to be a while since I can get my hand, uh, before I can get my hands on a next-gen console. Um, hopefully my, my Switch can still hold out until... Um, even past the time where maybe Nintendo does announce a Switch Pro, which has been rumored. So I, I guess we'll, we'll see. My Xbox One is still holding out, <laughs> barely. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know, we'll see. So hopefully they'll still do some some games for these current gen and, and kind of cut us some slack. And no yeah. more situations I love, so Cyberpunk. Well, I, like I mentioned, I, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And, and while it's a really good game, and really fun, and most of it looks pretty good. Um, there is, uh, I mean, the PS4 has a reputation of sounding like an aircraft taking off, um, and it really feels like that. Uh, it's very loud. The fan is running constantly. Uh, it's really pushed to its limits. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see kind of how that goes. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of next-gen uh, consoles, uh, another game I want to say uh, that I'm really looking forward to, Sandy, is uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be on everyone's uh, most anticipated list. If you're a Sony gamer, 
if you uh, played Horizon Zero Dawn on the PS4, um, it was uh, one of the better open world games uh, I've ever played. It's incredible. Of course, you play as Aloy. Um, and it's this very strange post-apocalyptic metal dinosaurs, kind of primitive, kind of not, kind of world. Ooh. It's a lot of fun. If you missed out on Horizon Zero Dawn, they did port it to PC. Um, and of course, it's still available on PS4. And then Horizon Forbidden West is slotted to release for the PS5 later this year. Um, they're saying right now it's going to have a PS4 release also. I'm sure that it will because it is a first-party Sony game. Um, but it's going to obviously be designed to play on the PS5, um, especially with load screens and stuff really becoming a thing of the past. Um, I, I, I'm hopeful to get a PS5 uh, this year and be able to play it the way the game is intended um, because, man, I, I had so much fun with the first one. I can only imagine the second one because uh, the first one I think takes place kind of in like post-apocalyptic Utah, I want to say, like Utah, Colorado, like in the mountains there. And then uh, this oh. one is kind of set in the Pacific Coast, uh, kind of like uh, San Francisco, like going uh, in Seattle, like that kind of area um, up, up the Northwest. So that'll be really cool. That sounds really fun. I wish I've never, I never got to play the, the first one. Um, of course, I, I'm still boycotting Sony PlayStation. Um <laughs> <laughs> If somebody gifted me one, I wouldn't turn it down. So if anyone's listening and wants to buy me one, but I will not personally buy a freaking Sony PlayStation. That's just my policy. And it has been for many, many years since the PlayStation right. freaking two. I never got the three, never got the four. Do not plan on getting the five, but who knows? So yeah, I've missed on a lot lot of games and unfortunately like i haven't really heard too much about that one if, if you're saying great things about it i mean it must have been amazing and you know that one along with the last of us i mean that's another one that i never really got to play because of the whole sony situation sure maybe well, we'll I mean, make you can definitely yeah you can definitely go and check those out like uh youtube playthroughs too like if you just want to kind of experience the story that's what I do. and yeah. yeah you know but definitely look it's into horizon same. zero dawn i know it's not the same but Horizon Zero Dawn is definitely awesome. Um, I will say probably watching a game play walkthrough of that one might be a bit more boring uh, just because um, it, the story takes a much longer time because you do have to like level up and get skill points and different things like that. Um, a little bit more RPG-ish than like A Last of Us is. Um, but anywho, uh, what's another one that you want to talk about, Sandy? So this one... I have recently re so I'm a huge Lord of the Rings freaking dork and uh and the books too like I I read the Hobbit in middle school and the Lord of the Rings in high school and then when the movies came out I was one of those dweebs on the very first day of release <laughs> like like not even the first day like I was there for the like the opening opening freaking in the movie theater you know I had to get like sure the special tickets to be able to go because they would sell out right away and I'd be there at midnight. I'm like, I have to see this movie right now. So lots of memories when it comes to that. And Logan actually had never seen the Lord of the Rings movies. So in this household, it's like against my yeah. religion, uh, blasphemy, right? 
So we have been doing little marathons here and there for the movies. We just finished the Fellowship of the Ring. We just finished the Two Towers. We still have to uh, watch the Return of the King, and then we have to move on to the other three The Hobbit movies. So one of my anticipated games coming out is going to be the Lord of the Rings Gollum. So I feel like this one's actually kind of been kept under wraps for me. I mean, it has a, it's not one of those games that's like right in your face, like, oh, it's a brand new game. But to me, like when it was announced, when was this announced? Like 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so excited. So this is exactly this is Lord of the Rings Gollum. So it's going to be an action adventure game from Daedalic Entertainment. It's a German studio. Uh, famous for making my favorite type of games, point-and-click adventure games. I really have to check out more of their stuff, though, but that's what they're known for, I found out. Of course, these are, like, two of my favorite things, point-and-click adventure games and freaking Lord of the Rings. And Gollum, I freaking love Gollum. Like, the actor, like, the... You guys should have heard me yesterday watching. Every time he talks or does anything, I'm like, oh, he's so cute. Like, he's so ugly, he's so cute, but I love him. Did they so, <laughs> get uh, Did they get Andy Serkis to voice him for the game? No, I don't think so. And he looks a lot different. So he this production okay. actually doesn't have anything to do with Warner Brothers, which I believe is um, who did the movies, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they're not they're not involved like they were with the Middle Earth series. Um, okay. But it's still going to be. What 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 we've heard from the from the maker of this game is that they're still going to be true uh, to the fantasy world that we all know and love uh, from the books from the movies. They're still very spot on, even though Gollum looks very very different from from the movies. So he's not look at doesn't look exactly like that. So sure. lots of different things there, but it was initially confirmed for a 2021 release on PC and all relevant consoles. And since then it has been confirmed to be a next gen title. So there might have been some, again, kind of like that stuck in limbo thing where, oh, it was originally designed for these consoles and now the new ones came out and it's like, oh shit, okay, now we have to go ahead and and do it for the next gen. So hopefully we'll see it across the board, but it might just be a next gen title which will probably push me into getting an Xbox Series X down the line so I can play this freaking game. So I'm just I'm just so excited. Um I I'm actually such a I'm so bad at this. Like my my gaming backlog is just so bad. I have the freaking um the Middle Earth games, the mm-hmm. the Mordor I even forget what they were called. I have them and I just never got around to playing them. So maybe while I, I the wait for the first one, and the first one was pretty good. Um, but I did not play the second one, which I heard was okay. Like the first one, the first one got repetitive some, um, but it was you know it's it was a very um, uh, Assassin's Creed esque, um, lots of sneaking yeah. around, raiding, and different things like that. But you know what? I I have them, and I've always been to play them, so they're in my backlog. Maybe I can clear them before. Um, Gollum comes out so uh this is kind of this is kind of uh the same kind of situation where it's going to be a lot of exploring um and this is actually going everything that happens here will be Gollum's story before what happened in the Lord of the Ring uh books and movies so we'll get to know a lot more about you know once he once he attains the ring 
what happened to him then? So we, we know that he had it for a while. We know that he was in this cave. We went through this transformation. So now we'll actually get to play as him and kind of discovering his story a little bit, which I think is so intriguing and so exciting. And I cannot freaking wait. I think this may be a day one game for me. Yeah, no, it should definitely be good. Um, you know, we've been talking about games uh, that we are certain or mostly certain uh, are for sure going to come out in 2021. There are a bunch of games that are currently slated for 2021. I don't think we're going to see them. Uh, things like uh, the God of War sequel, which is still technically untitled, but people think that it's called Ragnarok, but people think they're not saying it's called Ragnarok because they don't want to get in trouble with Disney because of Thor Ragnarok. So who knows, but you know, what's going on with that? Um, Who knows, right? I mean, the new fable is slated for 2021. I don't see that coming out anywhere close to 2021. That's probably summer, if not fall next year. Like I I just fable games never come out when they're supposed to. And especially in the COVID world right now, I just don't see it happening. Um, yeah, there is, uh, one other title, um, that, that you and I both really, really are looking forward to. Um, and I think this is a good one for us to end on. Um, I don't, in my gut, I'm just, I think it's spring of next year. Um, but currently it's still slated for 2021. Um, and that is of course the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Um, we've, we've talked a lot about Zelda on this podcast. We're both very passionate about that series. Um, you spoke about uh, on our last episode playing, uh, Hyrule Warriors, getting some of that backstory. I want to know what happens next after the events of Breath of the Wild. I want to know, like, is, is it all going to be in Hyrule still? Is it going to be, you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm very, uh, I really, really, really want this game to be awesome. Like the last one was incredibly awesome. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it's just Nintendo's not shown anything and, and they don't normally. Right. So it, it's hard to, to kind of yeah. get a grasp, but it's They showed that first teaser trailer and that's kind of it. And that was 2019. I think they showed that. Is yeah. That right? E3 2019. So, I mean, it, it's so hard because I think we're going on almost like four years since we saw the little teaser for Metroid Prime. So you just, you never know. Oh, God, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo, I think maybe Nintendo learned their lesson about, you know, announcing things too early um, when they're just still years away. Because I think, it, I mean, Metroid Prime's eventually going to reach Half-Life 3 status where people just don't believe it's coming ever. Um, oh, you know what I mean? It's so a lost cause. exactly so um maybe we'll get metroid prime in the next console um but we are going to get breath of the wild 2 on the switch or possibly the switch pro if that is a thing that they're working on um and this year is the 35th anniversary of zelda so i i don't know they could uh they could just do a a re-release of some old zelda stuff for the 35th anniversary, much like we got with Mario, we didn't get a new Mario game for the 35th anniversary. Um, but right now, it's looking like you know it, they're still saying 2021 for Breath of the Wild too. Um, they still are, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, my but... all all my dimes, all my money is on, and of course my dreams and hopes and and 
<laughs> everything uh, is hopefully on that uh, 2021 release date. Um, you know, even even if it's early 2022. Oh my God, no, that sounds so far away from now. Josh, no, it has to happen this year, or <laughs> I'll just, I don't know, how I'll, I'll cry every day. Right. <laughs> it's 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 tough, and and because obviously Nintendo doesn't have a history of releasing unfinished games, especially for their uh, first party uh, their exclusives. So it's it's definitely a situation where they're going to release that game when it's ready, and not when we want it. Right. So, and the one hand, and I love that. So I'm not even ever going to judge or question their decision to do that because every time they that has it has come to that the finished product has not disappointed uh case in point breath of the wild that game to this day is the nintendo switch's number one best-selling and just overall best title and right. it got tens across the board nines 9.5s it won all these awards and that came from this game that was in development for the Wii U for so long before that. So if they tell me to wait, I will wait. I will I will still cry, but I will wait. And it's going to be, I mean, this was my, my number three game. And I put the best for last, uh, Breath of the Wild 2. I can't tell you how many hours I've spent on YouTube with the uh, wild fan theories as to what that one little trailer that we got, what it all meant, literally breaking every little thing down, including Zelda's haircut in it. <laughs> like, what does the haircut mean? <laughs> so I spent an uh, embarrassing amount of hours on YouTube with uh, all of that. So that is my number one anticipated game for um, for 2021. Fingers crossed 2021. And the yeah, 35 I mean... year anniversary, holy shit. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's a game that uh, is older than both of us. Um, it's a game uh, that you know uh, we definitely definitely need another Zelda. Um, maybe we'll get uh, an HD remake of Twilight Princess or something of that nature this year. Um, but it's really hard to tell. I, I mean, no. Hey, do you recall? Like, I think it was around it was around the summer of this very recent past year, I think maybe August, um, and Amazon listing went live for Skyward Sword. I think it was like maybe right. Amazon UK. And it was like one of those like, those links for it, but then they killed it right away. Um, so, so, hey, maybe Skyward Sword, which I would 100% free buy that because it was very frustrating on the Wii. And I know, I know you said you, wait, did you say you hated it or I hated it? I hate it. I, I, I well, I, I didn't like okay, it. Really. <laughs> yeah. No, so, the, hey, the controllers are booty. Yeah, it was it was tough. But, you know, if they release that, if they do a port or a remake, hopefully, well, I don't know. People are always kind of, like, stuck between. Eh. <laughs> Nintendo's, Nintendo's, if they do it, they're probably just going to emulate it like they did for the Super Mario uh, 35th anniversary. But, I mean, well, anything we get Zelda-related this year... Um, we'll be happy with obviously we did just get uh hyrule warriors which i've not yet played but um, yeah i mean okay. we'll see what happens uh 2021 uh it's it's got a brighter feel to it we don't have this impending doom feel anymore at least i don't feel that way like we did in 2020 um i think things you know uh are are gonna get better uh all around the world i think we're gonna continue to fight uh fight off this virus we're gonna get the vaccines out 
everyone's going to continue to stay safe and hopefully we can beat this thing and that games can get back to normal production wrestling can get back to happening so that you can have uh more matches sandy uh i'm looking forward yes. to seeing you at retro rat saturday um if you are local make sure you come out and check out uh Tampa Bay pro wrestling at retro rat in largo florida saturday yeah. doors are at 2 30 right sandy yes and bell time at three bell at three uh make sure you go out there check out the store too they got some cool stuff a lot of Funko Pops, a lot of wrestling-related uh, memorabilia as well. Um, as always, you know, check out all the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Our short, of course, 8-Bit Suplex. You got All Things Elite. You got Ricky and Clive. You got One Nation Radio. You got Keeping It Strong Style, of course, the Ace of Podcasts. Uh, you got Great Match Generator, Grave Consequences, and, of course, Grown Man Watch the Shit, which is our favorite title of any podcast. Uh, except, I mean, even more than ours. Um, but yeah, definitely go and check mm. out uh, our t-shirt on prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex. Um, follow us on Twitter at 8 Suplex. You can follow me at Laughlin underscore Josh. You can follow Sandy at Sailor Zelda. Um, we're pretty active on there. I joke that I'm, I'm bad at Twitter, and I am. Uh, but if you follow me, I'll probably <laughs> follow you back, and I'll probably post something funny about uh, eating pub subs, even though they give me uh, terrible stomach aches. Um, cause it's yeah, true. I, no, it my, it kills me, <laughs> but I still keep going back. I can't stop. Um, <laughs> but anything else you want to say, Sandy, before we sign off? No, thank you guys so much for listening, for your support. Please leave us a review if you like us and subscribe. And thank you so much for tuning in. I think you covered everything, Josh. I think we are all caught up on impact. Sorry again, last week, such technical difficulties, uh, yeah. much time not had wait we were uh logged in on skype trying to record and it just didn't happen we tried to do it after uh hard to kill just to make sure and before hard to kill and uh to do a preview and neither happened um but we're happy that we got to talk about it anyways and you know whatever else is going on in the world of impact wrestling um but uh of course uh, you know, I do want to make sure uh, that uh, I follow up on what Sandy said, where she said, if you like us, give us a rating and subscribe. And I'm going to just say, if you don't like us, give us a five-star rating and subscribe anyways, because it costs you nothing to do that. <laughs> and that'd just be a really nice thing. And you know what? Start off 2021 with some good karma. That's all. Uh, <laughs> it, this, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks again for listening and we'll see you uh technical issues without withstanding next week see you next week bye <laughs> bye <laughs>